With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, patrons. Hate to be the one to break it to you, but it's Monday. The only cure I know for the Monday blues is... Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. At 7.15, it's our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett of UWBadgers.com. Bags? And now, alongside Rob Vogel and John Audius, here's Mike Lucas. Did I hear this right? Did I hear Clay Travis talking about O.J. Simpson? Yes. On the way in, and I'm going, yeah. oh! Use that for my tweet of the day. No! He's on Twitter now! Yes! Orenthal! How gross. He's on Twitter. In addition, on this day, June 17th, 1994, you know what happened? You know what happened? Was you it, know what happened? Was it the chase? Yes! It was the slow white Bronco car chase. Hey, did you ever see the 30 for 30? It can't be. I'm sorry. That's a redundancy. Chasing? I can't say slow white Bronco and then say car chase in the same sentence. Because a Bronco is not a car. It's an SUV, isn't it? Uh, yes. Car, a vehicle. I try to be as correct and accurate as yeah. possible because I know you demand it, all of you patrons. But it's go a ahead. vehicle. It was Arnold Palmer playing his last round in the U.S. Open. It was the New York Rangers Stanley Cup Parade and the OJ and the NBA Finals, Rockets and Knicks, all going on on that same day. I know it sounds stupid, almost ludicrous, but many people remember where they were on that day and night of that two-hour-plus, 75-mile chase. I mean, serious. John, you might be too young I'm pretty sure I was at home. I'm pretty sure I was. But at you home. don't. Do you remember you watching? Fifteen. Oh, okay. you might not have been. I was glued to television. I was. I was watching it. Me and Peggy and Father Burke. We happened to stop by. Was, oh yeah. We were just watching it and watching it and wondering what the outcome was going to be. Right. Sure. This is better than any Game of Thrones. It was bizarre. I was working at a news station in Duluth doing the sports, and it's one of those where the OJ thing sort of started out as a a sports story. When the Bronco chase happened, for sure, it totally morphed into, all right, oh, now this yes. is lead news coverage. Uh, we're all just sitting there watching it in the newsroom. So the now, Bronco chase is the one that put it over the top with for the sure. coverage? Yeah, it was already, you know, borderline both sports and news took the story. Now it was like, You realize how many eyes were story. on that? Yeah. I mean, no, you couldn't take your eyes off that. Um, where it happened, too, I, I it, it's perpetuated uh Los Angeles television stations following any type of chase. With the uh, chopper. Right. Yeah. With, yes, because that's what they do in Los Angeles. This is what they believe is good television. The AP estimated that 95 million people watched the chase. <laughs> yeah, I, it's completely understandable. 
you get drawn into I was drawn into it. The, and you're wondering, how's this going to end, right? You, How is this right. going to end? Because he had a gun and he was talking about suicide. You remember who was driving? Uh, um, his buddy. Al Collings. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The um, the most recent, the Academy Award winning documentary on on OJ had the um, the chopper pilot that found him for whatever news station. You know, these choppers were out there looking for a needle and a stack of needles on the L.A. freeway, and they just so happened to find him at that afternoon, evening time, uh, and follow, started the slow chase of following him the entire way. You remember all the people that were on bridges and cheering? Yes. It's just, yeah. it was so surreal to think that was on June 17th, 1994, and he held an entire nation hostage. There was that night during the NBA Finals, Knicks and Rockets, Bob Costas, you know, doing dual coverage uh, from their pregame and their halftime show, and even at times split screen of slow-moving Bronco or Bronco sitting outside the house and game going on of the NBA Finals, for heaven's sake. And so, so now, strange. And so now OJ's on Twitter, and he already has over 179, 170,000 followers, just like that, because it's OJ. Are you following OJ, John? Heck no. Like, I think it's... Okay, if you guys want to follow OJ, I guess that's fine. I think it's weird. I think it's weird that you would choose to follow a person that took the lives of other people. It's creepy. Well, it's he's creepy. You see what he took to Twitter to do for some of his first tweets like on clear Father's the air Day. Stuff. Oh yeah, oh, that's what Clay, that was yeah. what Clay Travis right. was talking about. He's denying that he's the father of a Kardashian. Kardashian yeah. and yeah. Bob Kardashian was reputedly, allegedly, supposedly. His best friend. Right. Uh, I've, I've crazy it stuff. Out. I've, this is just crazy stuff. I know. I'm looking up uh, O.J. Simpson's Twitter you know, I just, now, and the reaction what was the uh, first, is amazing. Of different by the way, I, I idly threw in a Game of Thrones reference, and I want to bring this out now before I forget. Okay. Here's what I would like to see happen. It's too late now. It's, it's, it's an afterthought for the U.S. Open. But I'd like to station one of those... Uh, fire-breathing dragons at each tee box. I knew he's and going the first time someone says, in the hole, get in the... Zap. The dragon zaps him. Just one stream of fire and flame zaps the dude. Gone. Right? Every tee box. That's all I... Is that asking too much? Yes. Typically, I A wouldn't fire be breathing with an idea. Dragon. Yeah. Typically, I'm not on board with an idea you or John would hatch in this regard. In this one, I'm with you, actually. Yes. I'm for it. So yep. many people yelling things think? at the U.S. Open. Mashed potatoes. That's the other thing they <laughs> oh, yell. Just uh, everything. Baba Louie. Yeah. Baba that, Booey. The, yeah, yeah the, the Stern thing. The Howard yeah. Stern thing. Would it be funny if sometime, oh, man. like, the maybe Fox invited Baba Booey to the booth? Baba Booey, that's it. Because everybody says Baba no, Booey No, nobody time. should. I, it, it got out of hand during the, the Open over the weekend. At times, even... The analysts were saying this is all of a sudden morphed into the Phoenix uh, Sanitation Open or whatever they call it. What do they call it? The waste Phoenix, Management waste Open. Waste Management yeah. Open. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> which, I kind of think it's funny. I'm just going to be honest. It's so overdone. It's been so different. If it was, it's like. If, if it was clever, if it was witty, if it was smart, I'd yeah. have no problem with it. I'd rather have them just booing or cheering rather than, in the hole! You know what it's like? It's like. Your son, your 10-year-old son has a fart joke. 
Yeah. He does it once. Says, huh, it's kind of funny to hear the kid tell a joke. That's good. I'm glad he's learning how to tell a joke. He doesn't cup when his he hands under his armpit. Does he cup his hand under his no, armpit and do son, that? My son he doesn't will. do that, though. Oh, he will, yeah, when he graduates. When the kid does it for three straight years doing it almost every day or nonstop, then you're like, Okay, you need to move on. Get, come up with something else. Get a life here. That that's well, just another. That's s- where they are with all this other stuff. Well, did you bring Blazing Saddles in for John? Uh, I didn't today. No, I was way too tired. I passed out last night from a long weekend. Because there's one scene in Blazing Saddles yeah. that just falls in line that's with what he was funny. saying. That's funny. But that's funny. But the whole movie isn't that. That's just one classic joke about it. That now but it's the over. campfire scene might be one of the the greatest ever. Don't you think? Uh, it's it's a it's a great scene and uh, especially it, and for people slim. who are in that type of mindset or humor. Right. If for, you're gonna for humor, if you're gonna if you do one humor. of those jokes, that's a funny way to do it. That made sense. All right, so I got that out of the way. This is uh, the anniversary of the slow white Bronco chase. It's also a, a national. It's National Stewart's Root Beer Day. Stewart's Root Beer. So this is something I want you to ponder. Your ponder your favorite root beer. My list right now, and you could add to A and W, Barks, B A R Q S, Dad's, old fashioned, mm-hmm. Spreckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had Stewart's. Have you had Stewart's root beer? Never heard of it. I don't remember. Really? That one. I remember all the others nope. that you've listed, but not that one. Do you have, do you have a favorite in there? I think A and W is a category of itself. It remembers. It reminds me of when they used to rate party campuses nationally, and Playboy would always single out Wisconsin and then call it a professional party campus and not rank it among everyone else. And I think A&W holds that distinction, at least to my thinking, yeah, among root beers. I would agree. That one became synonymous root beer. And we used to drive to our cabin in Spooner and in Grantsburg on the way, there's an A&W place. It was where you pull up, you know, and you, they used to come out and serve you and oh, the hook barrel, it right on the your old window. Barrel, the yeah. old barrel-shaped one? Well, that. But, I mean, where the restaurant type where they used to yeah. hook your tray and right on They did that on Park windshield. Street. Okay. It was great. Well, we used to do that, that and hit that fra- place is all there, the There's time. nothing better. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus nothing better than a frosty mug of root beer from anw i was gonna say back in minnesota Blue Back Minnesota. in the day. They got a drive-in kind of uh, place to eat. They put the tray on your window. Still today, that frosty mug of root beer. Oh, man. Oh, it's you know, there's another one, Portage. We hit that last year after some baseball, and there's one on the way, and it's like, Dunk, we're going to take you the first time to an A&W and see what this is like. He thought it was great eating the car, and then you get that cold root beer coming with the frosty mug. Like, ooh, this is good. Second hour of the show, we're going to talk with Andy Baggett around 7.15, and we have Ben Larson joining us. Is that at 7.30, John? 7.30. And his... Uh, his podcast is called Lockdown Brewers. All right, so we'll segue into the Brewers next on Lucas in the Morning. Do you believe in love love? And that one is hammered. Jesus Aguilar, welcome back. A booming home run for the big man. And the Brewers get the run right back quickly. Number five for Aguilar. Aggie, you know, that's the first 
Um, I, I think that might be the first home run he's pulled this year. Um, you know, that, so that was just good to see him jump on a, a you know a fastball and get it in the air. Craig Council, welcome back, Lucas. In the morning, Vogel, Adias, Aggie jumps off the milk carton and becomes relevant again, at least for one pitch, one big fly. Brewers are five to three winner against the Giants. Goodness, they were on the verge of getting swept by the hapless San Francisco Giants. On the verge, but it didn't happen, uh, thanks to not only Aguilar, but the MVP played up to that level again. And before we discuss the ground rule double, John, do you have the home run from Yelich? Yelly? 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 And hits that one hard into left center field, way back. And there it goes, Christian Yelich, an opposite field bomb. Just the third home run allowed by Will Smith this year. It's number 26 from Yelich, and the Brewers are within a run. All right, so that wasn't the big deal over the weekend. It was the ground rule double, correct? That yes. got your attention? You were you were just mumbling about it before we came back. So the ball slips between the outfield fence. There's a small gap. In, in Why the, would there be a gap there? Well, because For I'm, rodents? For, for the rodents to get through, basically. Um, and I was just thinking how statistically improbable it is that a ball finds its way there and that it not only finds its way there, that then it kind of shimmies through there. Like, that's you'll never see that again, ever. It's virtually impossible, John. It's virtually I impossible. It can't be impossible it if it happens. Virtually. Virtually. That's like virtually impossible. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, th- I feel like that's more rare than winning Powerball. What just happened? What we just saw? Doors, doors, and those kinds of things. The big stadiums don't exactly so, fit yeah. perfectly and snug. snug. Much like you know Miller Park when they opened the roof, water came dripping down. Given your mindset, should San Francisco turn over the ballpark to Yelich? Give him that as a prize for being able to do it. <laughs> he hey, we gave away a this car. Is your ballpark. That's more okay. rare than hitting a big car in the outfield. I would think getting it through that little tiny hole. They should give away something. Sure, sure. Give him the whole ballpark. Does that seem too? Uh, it seems a bit rash? much. Maybe just a bit much. Too excessive. Yeah. Pay him like an MVP, maybe. Right. Give him a new contract. You want excessive? Were you, either one of you paying attention to what happened between the Padres and the Rockies? And I bring this up in context because the Brewers are now playing in San Diego the next three nights. But did you see the numbers that were put up in this series? Play, play one of the Renfro or both of the Renfro home runs, and we'll get into it. Go ahead. Lambert's pitch. High fly ball. I thought he got it all immediately. Deep left field, going toward the wall, making the leap. No. Ball gone. Home run. Hunter Renfro. <laughs> I got to hear Where's that. Where's our guy? Where's who, our who guy? Was the call we had last week of the guy it. who had no clue that the ball was gone from And Oh, it was Charlie Steiner. Charlie Steiner Remember? Yeah. And nobody else was going to catch it either. You know, one of those sort of things. Like, That's what happened? What, what would that you, was our guy for the pods. What would you call his delivery? Halting? Yeah, he clearly didn't know where the ball was or where how far it was going at all. Yeah, I don't know. I well, want to hear another one. Go ahead. Surprised. Go ahead. Renfro waiting. Now the pitch from Shaw, and that one it's is a hit a guy. mile to straightaway center field. Desmond's going back. He's got no reason to. All he can do is look up as this one goes into the forest. Hunter Renfro hits his second home run of this game and his fifth of the series, and that will tie the all-time record for most runs scored in a four-game set. The 88th run that the Padres and Rockies have combined for here this weekend. 13-10, to 10, Colorado. A little bit too wordy, and I didn't yeah. like it. Uh, not enough long. energy. for The first guy was not classic old Plus school. Yeah, there's no, that, was, that was old, old school, our first soundbite. Uh, 
these two teams, the Padres and the Rockies, combined for 92 runs in four games. Think about that, 92 runs in four games. So the Rockies won on Thursday 9-6. to Padres won on Friday 16-12. to Rocks won on Saturday 14-8. to Padres won yesterday 14-13. to Oh, my gosh. Are they have any pitching this was, this was all in Denver. Yeah, um, of course. 131 hits in the series, all right? <laughs> Charlie Blackman had 15. In the, in the, 15 hits? He had 15 hits. He raised his average from 305 to 336. He had three games of four hits each. Wow. I think How the, crazy is that? He had two hits like 15 minutes apart in the bottom of the first inning yesterday. That is such oh. a crazy stat. 131 hits. One guy had 15 of them. So we That's know this usually happens in Colorado because the ball flies there. But I heard uh, Jack Morris at the end of last week talking about he goes around to different ballparks, and when he's talking to people right now, he doesn't experiment with them. He takes a baseball from this year, and the person closes their eyes, blindfold them, whatever it is, and he takes a baseball from 10 years ago, holds them out, has them hold each ball, and see if he, they can tell a difference. And they all go, this one's like a rock. That one's the one that's this year's There's baseball. something funky with the baseballs. No doubt about it. Some Something going on with the baseballs. Why won't they just come out and say something? Because they don't want – because. Who wants to come on and say our baseballs are juiced? Admit yeah. that. But if you can, if you're tinkering with the game, if you can do an experiment as simple as feel this baseball, feel this baseball from two different periods of time, right. and and someone can tell just by feeling, why can't we just get into the baseballs, cut them open, and see what the difference is, and report it back? Why isn't anybody doing that? Well, I can't, and sometimes it's not even what's inside them as the difference. It's just how, how tightly, tightly wound, wound they are yeah. that they're like you know stones. Were you paying attention over the weekend where a Babe Ruth road jersey? Sold for five point six four million dollars. Was I paying attention? Yeah. I bought it. <laughs> yeah, you wish. You I probably, got a hold of your credit prob- card and I bought it. Did you break down when they uh, retired Mowers number seven? I guess that was real emotional. Were you aware uh, of that? I think, that happened I this think you're being too. sarcastic because Joe is not the most emotional person in the world. But no, that it was emotional for those around him. Sure. Twins fans. Of he got it, emotional of too. Was. Hometown guy. Of course it was. Fan boy. Yeah. So, John, did, did, would you wear? Would you be interested in bidding on a Babe Ruth road jersey? No, I saw that too. That is an outrageous amount of money. Also, think? broke the record by a million dollars for the previous yeah. record yeah. of a Babe Ruth jersey. I mean, look, you have to have pretty much expendable income. Would that be the first thing you? Th- that came to mind. No, remember and, when uh, David Wells was playing for the Yankees and he bought at one of those auctions a Babe Ruth hat, and then he, he showed up it. on the yeah. mound pitching his next game wearing the Babe Ruth hat. You're like, what are you doing, you idiot? That's kind of cool. Well, but how impressive would it be, though? I mean, you, you hang the jersey above your fireplace or wherever. I wouldn't put it near a fire. Yeah, not near. No it would things. be worth that much money to anyone, really. I get like that is the most historical yeah, I I, sports I figure of the collectors. last, I mean, hundred years. Like Babe Ruth is the guy, you know what I mean? Like all sports, it's Babe Ruth. He's the most mythical, the most everything about it. Like I get why that's five million dollars. And many of really? these people that are collectors yeah. paying for this stuff are the sort of the percentage breaks down like John had of the fine of the Golden State Warriors owner. Where it, you know it equated like forty bucks for you and me, mm-hmm. so that million well, yeah, five million cash, bucks, that sort no of money deal. wasn't that big a deal. That's a great them. point. Like because right, it was like um, the the guy who got fined is equivalent to a fifteen dollar fine to someone who makes sixty eight thousand dollars a year. Right. So this is like yeah, well, the guy part saying, owner of Golden State. Yeah, yeah. So so buying a five million dollar Babe Ruth jersey is like spending fifty bucks to somebody. The guy guys. that probably lost his his lunch money every day when he went to school because they beat it out of him, mm-hmm. and now he's now trying he, to be a tough guy, he's getting revenge. It's like the light of. 
of Charles Barkley, you say about spending this sort of money. It's Charles used to always say, it's not a gambling problem if you can afford to lose it. Like, it doesn't matter to no, you. That's true. It's, it's not a that big point. a deal spending that sort of money. It just it, it blew me away, though, when I saw the figure. Babe Ruth Road jersey, okay. $5.6 million? Really? Really? It's pretty cool that that even is still around. <laughs> if you had, again, that type of money, you might go out and buy a, a portrait, uh, some sort of... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Art that would be worth that much money, and it would mean as much to you as as Babe Ruth's road jersey means to this buyer. It's something you display and you brag about. The only sorts of things I can think of that I have were ones that were purchased at least where it was at a charity auction. And they weren't super expensive, but I have like a, you know, an Annie North framed U.S. Open cover from or, a Sports Illustrated from winning the U.S. Open. Yep. Or uh, my dad bought me at an auction a Cal Ripken autograph picture. I said, as long as it goes to a charity. Have you framed any? But I didn't have spend you much. framed any of those ratty sweatshirts you wear in here? I don't know. No, Daily I have basis? tons of framed uh, sports. So not only well. is it because he's Babe Ruth, right? One of the most iconic sports figures. He's of Babe all. Ruth. But that it's the rarity you talk about, because you can talk about going to these golf events. That, bid on a thousand different jersey sign right. but there are rarely any Yankees jerseys from the 20s and 30s that's also adds to it the rarity did you say and Yankees f- I did say Yankees oh my goodness what an opening All right, there we'll be back after this oh, here comes the judge Almost see who's, got to see who's coming back Stanton's coming back followed by judge they picked up Encarnacion oh my goodness are they loaded hopefully should they, be a lot of home runs hopefully they make the playoffs this year Excuse me? <laughs> Bogey with another bomb! Yes! Indeed. Uh, when we come back, you want to talk a little golf, John? That's all you ever want to talk about anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to make well, it, well, we'll try to make it about game. you. Yeah. Talk about my 18 yesterday at Odana. Let's do that. Oh, you got an 18? No, my 18 holes. Oh, I thought you got 18 on one hole. <laughs> that was plausible, though, what you Very, said. Yeah. yeah. I would have stopped after we'll, that. We'll find out that. for sure next on Lucas in the Morning. Oh, hell yes, honey food on that You know, I've worked hard my whole life. I've been surrounded by amazing people um, and always just wanted to be successful. I didn't know what it was, what I was going to do. Um, fell in love with golf and 
it's transcended to today and it's it all kind of came out of me I never let myself get ahead all day today just kept telling myself you know it's never over it's never over it's never over when that last putt went in it kind of all came out um, like I was more nervous afterwards than I was at all today so it was uh, I'm glad it's over with I think when I was done in 18 uh, you know you kind of realize wow I was just that close um, to accomplishing something that hasn't been done in over 100 and, what, 110 years yeah. and and that's um, that's special um, you know unfortunately I wasn't able to get it done but I mean I don't think anybody in the world uh, played as good as Gary did this weekend so um, it was cool to see and you know happy for him the first soundbite was Gary Woodland the winner of the US Open the second was Brooks Kepka the runner-up welcome back Lucas in the morning Vogel or not, I watch audio. I watch far more golf than I anticipated that I would watch over the weekend. Maybe because of the timing of the event itself, I couldn't couldn't ignore it. And it seemed like every time I tuned in, someone was chipping in off the green. How many times <laughs> did it happen during the tournament? Almost double digits, right? It was incredible. Uh, it happened a few times, and then you'll have the memorable chip yesterday from on the green by Gary oh, Woodland yeah. on the 17th. So John and I were both talking when you were out of the room, which we do a lot. Sure. When, about, when about your back your is turned, uh-huh. uh, were your ears burning? Remember we went through all of that? Nose yes, is itching? Yeah, burning, nose yeah, no. The expression, your ears burning, yes. The uh, the visuals were incredible, were breathtaking. Oh, yeah. And I kept wondering, and I think John is, was the same way. Watching them play like eight and nine, but mm-hmm. specifically eight, where's this? There's this big gap, right, between the fairway where you hit the ball and then you try to get it to the green. You have to hit your second shot out over the ocean. What was that like? <laughs> that's, what that's, was that like? It's uh, intimidating. How many, how many did you heck. put in the water? Did you put any in the water? I, I don't think I did. I don't Man. remember hitting the ocean. It's possible given my score, but uh, I don't remember doing that. I, I just remember not hitting some good shots because you're so. You know, Pete Dye, who designed Whistling Straits, he is famous for designing visually intimidating shots. It might be only 150 yards, but like the Island Green, you know, at the yeah. where they play the... Um, um, TPC. The Players' Championship. Yep. yep. That's just visually intimidating for players because it's boom or bust. You're on or you're in the drink. And so it's the same thing here, but this one's colored out by Mother Nature, Um that you're hitting it out over the cliff, and it's got to come down. It's still a 180 or 190-yard shot, which for those guys is no big deal. But you're thinking about, well, i got to put it out over the ocean, and then it's I, so there's cool. no room to miss. He, he, and- I would love to just, listen, I would be an awful score at Pebble Beach, but I would love to try that shot. Just to be outside and be like, okay, let's see if this one gets there. The other It'd thing be you fun to try. The other thing, you don't get an appreciation from much of TV. They, you hear this at the Masters all the time. that you They say, you don't get a, a true sense at home at how – much undulation is how much up well, and I'm down sure you're walking. It's, it's tough to walk. At yeah. I bet. Same thing at Pebble Beach, whereas you very rarely have. You talked about playing Odana. Flat. Ninety nine percent of your shots are on a flat lie, right? Right. At at, at Pebble Beach, about two percent of your shots are on a flat lie because you're always hitting with the ball below your feet, above your feet, whatever it is. It's always something. The producer and or director took advantage of the, the scenery because they they were really on top of that. Every every chance they had, they wanted oh, yeah. to. Paint that picture of here. These guys are playing golf now. Here's the ocean and the waves lapping on the shore. And they, just incredible sights. They had a cool shot, and it was when I think when when Woodland was on they have seventeen. Dro- John, do you think they had? Dro- well, that's drones? what I was going to say. On seventeen, when Woodland had to chip from on the green, they had either it, it must have been a drone because that would be one long boom camera, which is one that's right. an extended arm, like something like these microphones are on. 
that went out over the ocean and kept moving the whole time and showing like that is one long shot. So it's probably a drone. It I was so think. cool because the camera work, like Lukey was saying during the break, the camera work was amazing. It was. It was far better than the analysis. In yes. HD. Far you, better. You've yeah. got this beautiful picture in HD and you're saying people are actually playing golf here and wow. Oh, By the way, cool. would you agree with me? They felt woefully short in their analysis. Yeah, they're, they're, I've never bad. been a big fan of the, uh, the Fox. How, how many times did they, 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 they say, well, he's taking his medicine. He's taking his medicine. Oh, they said that a lot, didn't they? Oh, they and they goodness. weren't any of your favorite announcers. It's sort of like the B or C team. Yeah. Your favorite announcers are all on the other Who was that bacon dude? It wasn't Kevin Bacon, but there I would rather have Shane had bacon. Kevin Bacon. Well, they had your guy, um, the college football guy, doing the interviews with, Joel after the Klatt. round. Yeah, so, that's the other thing about say you're saying visually. Joel, Joel Klatt. Klatt, but Joel Klatt was sitting with this stunning view right behind him as he's interviewing players, and even the players where they did the one, the interviews the, with the group media. They had them standing down with the ocean like perfectly behind them. It was really? just you couldn't get a better <laughs> well, visual background if you tried. I, I couldn't. I had problems keeping Zinger and Curtis Strange apart. I didn't. Their voices. And sure, sure. one one of them said, "Well, Tiger, there's something wrong with Tiger. Something wrong. Look at what he's wearing on his neck." Well, then they didn't elaborate. It was that KT tape. Oh yeah, he had a therapeutic strip for yeah. pain, yep. but they didn't elaborate. They just threw that out there, and everyone went, well, what are they talking about? Which is silly because he's had that tape before. Yes. It's been a while since we've seen it, but that is an important storyline because now he's going to take basically a month off until the Open Championship and not play again, and part of it is because he, he needs to finished strong, but, man, it looked like he was sleepwalking for the first five, six, seven holes. It looked like he didn't care. He was just going through the motions. Which is crazy because that's the part of the course that's gettable. That's where the guys all get their birdies and then try to hang on after uh, it. He kind of did it I reverse. want to point out my guy, Victor Hovland, set the U.S. Open amateur scoring record. Didn't I bring him to your attention? You did. You did, and they showed a lot of him there up, at the end. Yeah. He went 67 yesterday, so he had a four-day total of 280. Man, that's pretty good. He looked cool out there. Did you good. see they replayed a shot from his amateur, one of his amateur yeah, wins? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it at Pebble Beach, yes. too? Yes. And he had gone down off the side of a cliff and yes. was in a bunch of junk, and he basically just popped it up nicely up the cliff and onto the green right next to the flight. It was the most ridiculous shot in the history of in, in shots. Ca- in case you missed it on Friday, uh, Rob's guy Patrick Reed snapped a club over his leg on the 18th hole. Did you see no, that video? I did not. Awesome. Yes. No. Did you see it, John? I did. Have you ever done that, John? No. Have you ever done that, Vogue? I've never snapped a club. I've thrown a club. Because then i got to buy means. one. Yeah, exactly. And the other highlight money. slash low light from Friday was there was a runaway golf cart that injured five people. Did you see that? Taking my good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, that's awful. Oh, do you have that for tomorrow? Yeah, not well, anymore. I don't. Somebody like, broke their arm. Another there person. Several a runaway golf cart. Like a serious. Did you hear what happened to the golf cart? No, no, save that for well, tomorrow. You've already brought it no. up. The cat's out of Did the bag Did you see now. the video of it? It had a cat. There was a cat involved? Yes. Their there ears was, were burning. What was the cat doing in the bag? Did he jump out of the his bag? His ears and were just, burning. He scared the driver? What happened? No, his ears were burning. I saw a video of the cart, like, not hitting people, thankfully, but it was, it's a big cart out of, like, there's... No way Runaway golf cart, Godzilla, who wins? <laughs> can't get away from that thing. Lost in all of this is that I know it's not the name that a lot of people want, but Gary Woodland's a pretty good story. If he you go read really it and look it up and, and see what it is, and he's a pretty popular well, guy on the tour. He's made friends with with a, a, a little person with Down syndrome, correct? Yes. Yep, we're good. The, the, the bios were really solid throughout the weekend. And it's also the story, you can read, I'm reading it right now on ESPN.com. Ten years ago, his dad suffered a heart attack while watching Woodland play and try to make the cut at Pebble Beach. His dad was in uh, uh, Arizona at the time. Should we squeeze in a little Packer football here? Sure. We've got, we've got yeah, some sound.
from the quarterback, the elite quarterback, and the rookie head coach. We'll see how that meshes up next on Lucas in the Morning. In terms of, yeah, sure, he's, he's played the game a certain style for his whole career, and he's done it at a pretty high level. So I think, you know, just some of the things that he's been able to really enhance within our offense has, has been, a, you know, a lot of fun to watch. You saw like that off-schedule play that he made down in the red zone. He made another one to Jake Kumaro where, you know, I didn't anticipate the ball going where it went, but that's where it went, and, it, you know, it was a touchdown. So, um, you know... We, we, we never want to take that playmaker away from him. Matt LaFleur can never have enough Matt LaFleur. Welcome back, Lucas, in the morning. Vogel and Adios. I have to be honest. I really haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to minicamp. I'm sorry. I love football. Love pro football. Love college football. Love sports. Haven't been paying a lot of attention to the Packers minicamp. I don't know why. Why is that, John? Why haven't I been paying more attention? I don't know. The NBA Finals is more intriguing to well, you. But it's summer. Cup. It's yeah. summer. And there's yeah. lots but of other things why, to watch that's and never do. Never stopped me before. I, I know, Mr. SEC Media. Yeah, what's wrong with you? This is a great big storyline too. A change in the yeah. Yes, I guess I need to see things with my own eyes, and I want to see how all of this plays itself out more so in a training camp setting, in a regular season setting, than trying to rush to judgment on what this offense might look like based on previous stops for LaFleur. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is sort of playing it by ear as well. What did Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. have to say about how he fits in to his new quote-unquote role with this offense? I mean, I think it it comes down to to instincts, Spoon. Uh, That's the most important thing when you get there and play. But I think you can retrain some of those instincts as well. And with a new offense, I'm really trying to to trust the progressions in my eyes and, and, and learn uh, timing on, on different things. And in order to do that, you really have to, to give it a chance to develop. But that being said, you know, once you get into a, a live environment, uh, I'm not just going to stand there in the face of a, you know, bearing down, you know, defensive lineman and, and get rocked, especially in the preseason. Um, so I, I think the most important thing for me is just to train my eyes so I know exactly where guys are going to be and when progressions kind of open up. And, and once I have that down. I feel like I've got it down pretty well. Uh, then I can just go out and play. Pretty expansive on the part of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe we'll try to get a hold of Spoo and Tom Silverstein this week. He wrote about the adjustment period for Rodgers and Lafleur. I'll get more into it. I'll get more engaged if Spoon uh, joins us. There's part of me that says this is going to be fine. It's Aaron Rodgers. He says he already has some of this down. And so once the regular season starts, could there be a few hiccups? Probably, but most likely Rodgers is going to learn Maybe this. Maybe just know because this. it's we're so far off yet. Yeah, but then there's also serious. part of me that says, oh man, he's retraining everything. This could be awful, <laughs> right? Sp- Spoon wrote about that Rodgers needs to put yeah. a stamp on the uh, on the new offense. You said about maybe just needing to to see it. It, it was interesting the comment uh, last week I heard the floor make that this was new for him in a sense that when he was with the Titans, none of these practices were open to like fans and media to be able to watch and see. Oh, now it's showtime. So it's different for him and everybody being able to see what they do, maybe how he plans what they show and kind of going through the motions and not showing too much, but you're still rehearsing it for on a stage for everybody to sort of see. So it was an adjustment for him as well. There's just, there's just so much time between now and then between what – 
we think is real to what will be real with what Matt LaFleur does. I mean, how much do we know about this guy? Do we really know Matt LaFleur? We don't know. He's, he's walking around because of the Achilles injury now. He's, he's limited. But what do we know about uh, behind, behind, what, what's behind Matt LaFleur? What drives him? What motivates him? Do we? Do we know well, any of that? We know the most important thing and why he got the job because he's a disciple of your guy McVeigh. Pretty much. That's, 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 Sh- that's isn't there, the there's Shanahan, why. too. He's on the Shanahan, Shanahan tree. Too. Yep, that, that, so, that, too. That's what we know. Those two guys. More so than anything else. And you can and Packers fans hope that he produces an offense that's similar to what Shanahan has done in his stops. To, to he's a good interviewer. And we McVay. know that. That's the reason he got the job. He's well, getting better. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if he's a good he's interview. fine. But. No, I mean, like, in getting the job. Like, he must have said something that knocked their socks off. Well, not there so well, much Murphy's. as one guy yeah, yeah, right. who, who said he was going to sleep on it and then decided to make the decision five minutes later. Give me an appreciation him. of the timeline. And Badgers are almost at full strength now because the freshmen have now joined those players already on campus to begin summer workouts. This week will signal the beginning of summer school. So now everybody's engaged in, including Wisconsin basketball team. And the Badgers picked up some commitments over the weekend. So now we have to debate whether the Davises will supplant the Housers uh, <laughs> uh, in the long term or in the big picture. I will talk more about that later. Second hour of the show, we have Andy Baggett at 7.15. We have Ben Larson at 7.30. This is uh, golf week in Madison, isn't it? We shouldn't forget that either. The AmFam. Yep. The AmFam will That's be right. staged over the weekend. Plus... We're going to give away some Summerfest tickets, aren't we, John? Yes, we're going to get that organized. We'll do that in the second hour. Summerfest, four like a pack. Four pack. Yeah. It's a good deal because, it's number deal. one, it, it's free for you, the listener. Always if you're good. like caller 5,232. No, Is that what no, we're doing? We're yeah. going to do it a few less that. than that. No. Why? No. Let's make them work for it. John or the callers? Both. Okay. Both? You think that's too Yeah, I think that's a bit much too for much? John. Yeah. yeah, it's too many calls. Well, we'll, we'll discuss. Uh, We'll come back with a little bit more moderate number at some point. Remember, you can win Summerfest tickets. Second hour of the show right here on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie, in honor of O.J. Simpson joining Twitter. The O.J.'s, Eddie Levert, 77. The group was named after Simpson, right? Isn't that what you no, were just telling me, John? No. I think that's, yeah, I, I read that on the, the internet. O.J.'s? Yeah. O.J.? What, what do you mean? They're There's no named. connection? I don't believe so. Huh? No. I don't think You sure? So. I think they spell it differently. Well, we'll have to explore, find that out. That's our homework. Bladed birthday to Phil Mickelson, who was 49 years old yesterday, Sunday, uh, shot a 72, tied for 52nd, plus four. It's one tournament he can't win, hasn't won. Six runner-up finishes in the U.S. Open, 28 opens altogether, still looking for his first win. It's not Germany can't win, or he had chances. He blew it and gave it away. But yeah, disappointing to the guy that had him on his list for a pick last week, too. Who had that? Me. Oh, who won Four. our golf list? Then? I did. I had Gary Woodland, though, so I won. Right? I won. <laughs> did you? Why? Because I had Gary Woodland. Who had Brooks Kepka? I, I think Heller. Heller. But we, he doesn't count. He didn't count. Oh. Uh, let's go to uh, Kendrick Lamar, 32, today. 
Mark Tauscher. Tauscher, 42 years old today. Radio Tech Team partner of Jason Wilde, Packer Hall of Famer. Seventh round pick, 224 overall. Wife Sarah Packers, Peyton Man of the Year, 2008. Selection, 126 starts, number 65. Played on that offensive line that blocked for Ron Dane's record-setting season and or run. The other members of that old line in 99 were blank, 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 blank. Go ahead. Gibson? No, he replaced Gibson. Oh, Tausher replaced Gibson. Oh, the second year we're talking about. Um, um, Come on, McIntosh, guys. McIntosh, right? Uh, Chris McIntosh. We talked about him last week. Last week, yeah. Yeah, we just did that Bill Ferrario, week. Casey Robach, Dave Costa. The Costa. tight ends were? You've left, you've left off the most legitimate part of Tausher's resume. Just a minute, I'll get there. Okay. John Sigmund, Dag Retzlaff. You remember any of these guys? Chad Coons was the fullback. He's going. Yeah, I was going to get there, yeah. but you got there first. Go ahead. What do you got? He's Dale's finest. He's no. He's now a big time proud hockey dad. His son is totally into hockey. So now Tausch is finally into a real sport. Forget that tennis and the pickleball and the other goofy stuff he does. Uh, another. I- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Icon Badger, former Badger icon, not to the level of Tausch, would have been 96 today. Elroy Crazy Lakes Hirsch. Oh, wow, that's a good to share. Secondary tip. Tausch! All right, we got Barry Manilow. Little Barry Manilow, 73. 73 today. Have you seen Barry Manilow in concert? You've no. seen a lot of concerts. No. Or would you say that you are a Barry Manilow fan? Yeah. Really? Because is that a good answer? Nah. Yeah. I don't know if this is true for John's age. I don't age, dislike him. But my age, we, we always talk about, there is one performer that your parents really loved that you ended up like saying, all right, well, I like that person. Like mine was Neil Diamond, let's mm. say. I like Neil always, Diamond. There was always one like a Barry Manilow would be another, and you could go on, a, you've just, you know, Tom so this Jones, is your parents Humperdinck. Music? I'm just picking names. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a big Wayne Newton Johnny fan. Johnny Mathis. My you're mom was, yeah. My wife is. Johnny Rivers J- fan. I'm a Johnny Rivers Johnny fan. Johnny Mathis was one no, my Johnny mom Rivers. loved. And so I did. Okay, well, I'm talking about my mom. She was Summer Johnny Rain. Mathis fan. I got to look up Johnny Rivers now. Summer, look up Johnny Rivers' Summer Rain. Uh, you'll I, fall I in love that, with the is song. Is that his only song, isn't it? It's not his it's, only song. Really? Are you sure? 
right. he, he was very accomplished, okay. unlike you. <laughs> All right. I uh, went other birthday, and it's your guy, Mike Milbury, oh, 67. Boy. He dropped an F-bomb in Game 7. Of course he did. He Why did. wouldn't he? Why he wouldn't did. he? He dropped an F-bomb in Game 7. He's a cement Between the Bruins and the Blues. Uh, speaking of which... What do we got in the background? Summer Rain by Johnny. Oh, listen, Rivers. listen, listen and enjoy. Listen and enjoy. And when we come back, I'll give you something that's not very enjoyable. Brett Hull staggering around the stage. Great. That's Summer coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. In my window, west wind, soft as a sweet dream. My love, warm as a sunshine, sitting here by me. Patrons, hate to be the one to break it to you, but it's Monday. The only cure I know for the Monday blues is... Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. At 7.15, it's our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett of UWBadgers.com. Bags? And now, alongside Rob Vogel and John Audius, here's Mike Lucas. For whatever reason, and I know the number one reason is usually because I have no life, I was surfing the other day on Saturday, and I came upon the St. Louis Blues victory celebration under the arch, which was pretty impressive. They estimated the crowd to be around 500,000 people. Uh, The things that stood out, number one, the players seemed all hammered. Uh, They delayed the the formal presentation uh, and programming simply because they were just hanging out on the streets, high-fiving people and staggering about. Uh, nobody staggered more, though, than the <laughs> blues icon, Brett Hull. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of Brett Hull, but he spoke. He tried to speak to this gathering. Is that correct, John? Yeah, and he did, and then he started singing, and uh, you want to hear so that, now what let's, I assume to be drunk, Brett Hull? Now, the background to this is Laura Branigan, had a popular song called Gloria, and it became the theme song of the St. Louis Blues shortly after they went there on their run from worst to first in January, correct? Seems to be all championship teams adopt some 80s, early 90s song now. Yeah. And I love the song. I love this. It's it's not Johnny Rivers and Summer yeah. Rain. It's Laura Branigan and Gloria. And then Brett Hall's behind the microphone. And by the way, he's holding he's a, holding a beer. beer in his left hand, of course, which I'm, I'm, I'm guessing strong. would be probably mostly empty. Yeah. Yes. An empty beer <laughs> Not can. the first one in his hand that no. day. So this is the Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Yes. He's got to be. Yes. The icon, the St. Louis Blues icon, Brett Hall, Hull, standing in front of 500,000 plus people. And they are the champions. Glory, Gloria. 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 I think I got your number, Gloria. All right, so then this big hook from stage right yanks Hull off the st- Can you play a little Laura Brannigan to see if like the there bears Gloria? any resemblance? Oh, yeah, just a little bit, just a yep. little bit to remind people what it's supposed to sound like. 
And then you could just splice in a little Brett Hull there if you can, if you can creatively do it. Oh, sure, yeah. All right, thank you. It's going to take a second until we get yeah, to Laura. Yeah, it's going to ramp up here. Going from the beginning. Don't you like this tune? It grows on you. I do, and I love Brett Hull, but those are uh, bad. Mutually images. exclusive See, yeah. traits. Not together. Right, to, here we go. Uh, Say the number thing here? She'll get to it. Vogel? A long time. It takes a while to get to the chorus. I'm looking up why the blues adopted this song. What's the connection here? Because they were oh, singing it at karaoke. Yeah, I no, get no, that, no. but why that They song? went to this bar in Philadelphia. Yeah. A couple of blues players went to this, this bar. It's a mummer's bar in Philadelphia, South Philly. And that was the theme song of the bar itself. And they started winning from that point forward. Okay, see, now there's the story. Because yeah. don't stop believing by journey that the White Sox. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. And all of a sudden, now, this these guys from the bar were at the parade on Saturday. They, they've become a family. Well, Go ahead, Brett. Wait a Let's hear Brett. Why didn't- glory, 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 glory. I think I got your number, Gloria. Gloria. Oh, that worked perfectly right there. Yeah, that was nice. Why? Why was this? Is is Laura Branigan no longer with us? I don't know I mean, that. Why was she not invited to the parade? Oh, if she's yeah. alive, she should have been there. Yes, because every time a team adopts one of these songs, they then have the oh, artist yeah, eventually come no sing it with No question, but maybe she's not with us. I'm, that I'm would on be it. problematic. Uh, let's look that up. I, uh, she's not that old. Yeah, she the, passed away in 2004. Uh, the backstory. Is she really? 2004. As you like to say, the what backstory. Is isn't that your word? The yes, backstory. yes. It's pretty good. It, it, there's a South Philly bar, a mummer's bar. A couple uh-huh. of the blues players were in there after a game against the Flyers, and they heard this song playing continuously, and it's the, the song that the bar had adopted, and then all of a sudden the blues say, hey, this is the start of something big. And then so they, in turn, adopted the song, and then they became buddies in the bar that's been featured a number of times during the, the, the finals, the Stanley Cup finals, they showed footage and guys from the bar talking about their passion now for the Blues, even though it's the Flyers. You know, they're Flyers right. fans. That's so cool. But they've adopted the St. Louis Blues as the Blues have adopted this bar. The bar is called Jokers, I think. Mm, okay. I think it's Jokers. John, can you I'm on confirm? It. So that song was on the Billboard Hot 100 for 36 weeks back in 1982. Set all sorts of records. Peaked at at number two. And then, as John mentioned, she did pass away. Jokers or Jacks, one or the other, from an mm. undiagnosed uh, cerebral cerebral aneurysm. Easy for me to say. All right. So today's the Toronto Raptors parade, I believe. Isn't it? I don't think Hull will be there, and oh, I don't I think anybody not. will be singing Gloria. Goodness, and I think I hope we, do, not. we can probably safely say Kawhi is not going to have some crazy drunken moment of singing. And well, they had the media stuff. availability yesterday, and they were trying to steal some of the thunder from Anthony Davis being traded to the Lakers. Did you pay a whole lot of attention to that blockbuster over the weekend? We have John with his hand uh, up in the air. Go ahead, John. Jacks, Jacks, Jacks. There it is. NYB, oh, a private bar and club in Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This. Look into it. You should look into well, it. You like your backstories. And I love hockey backstories because you remember the Florida Panthers years ago when they made it to the cup final? They had the rat story, which turned into when they oh, scored Mellenby goals. Oh, Mellonby was a part of that. Scott yeah. Mellonby. It turned they into th- when they'd score goals. They threw goals live and, rats on the well, ice. Then they finally got to 
giving John, fans were plastic you aware that? rats. No, Live were, rats. No, no. Fans, They no. put the rats the in their pants rats, and they had to sneak take, in. No, no, that's yes, not true. Yes, they did. No, Excuse me, Sarah, true. is that a rat in your pants? No, are so, you happy to see me? <laughs> there was a rat in one of their locker rooms. I forget whether it's home on the road. Yeah. Players Giant rat. When things weren't going great. Not a mouse, John, Somebody had a stick, and to get rid of the rat, they whacked it and killed it. And from that point forward, the team got on a hot streak. Oh, it's funny. So, so they killed rats they every pla- game. They had a little plastic rat as like their mascot in the locker room. And so now fans started throwing rats on the ice, yeah. plastic ones. Sacrificing rats. Okay. I mean, it would take several minutes to delay the action to shovel the ice of all the plastic rats. Jack Nicholas, who we talked about who's coming here. He got into it as a Florida Panthers fan and was throwing plastic rats on the ice with his grandkids. So that's we can ask the, him. We can ask Jack that when we interview him later this week. Yeah, sure. sure. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. You don't? Yeah, I'm not sure. If we're oh, you know what we should do? Should call Jack's bar and ask if they want to be the official sponsor of the Lucas in the Morning Show. <laughs> why? Why do I think oh, no. we're not? Mummers, Jack's not coming what, on. Do you, are you aware of the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia? No, big no. thing. That, but this is a Mummers bar. What What's is a Mummers? Mummer? Look at up. Oh, jeez. Now I got How many times am I in the Why are we looking some? at it? Yeah, we're spending the whole show looking stuff mummers? up. What is it? Don't, don't you that's, know the that's story? That's why we have the is? internet. <laughs> mummers Parade yeah, is held on New Year's Day in Philadelphia. That's, that's a big thing. Um, Do we have any mummers in our audience? Here, we yeah, have a bunch of mumblers, I know, but not, maybe not any mummers. What is a mum? Jeez. Uh, have to, what is a mummer? That's pretty good radio. It's any man, woman, or child involved in the fantasy of, okay, any man, woman, or child involved in the fantasy of song, dance, and costume splendor on each day. That's what it is. It's kind of like, you know, people who walk in the streets in New Orleans, unannounced. Yeah. Right? A bit like a rose parade. Uh, so it's just people who love to dance oh and, and sing, sing in costumes. And party. That's what a mummer is? Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll buy that. Okay. That sounds good enough to me. We'll have, so to make, bars we'll, have to, with that? we'll have to connect with with what, Jacks. Did you say in South Philly bars that did people just There's go? There's a mummer yeah. bar where dress all these up? guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they don't necessarily dress up, but they all have taken part in the mummers parade apparently. And when we return, what do you think of the Eagles and Phillies hot start here on Philly Sports Talk Radio? No, we're not doing mummers, that. Gloria, and the Eagles. No, we just make, again, we were just <laughs> connecting dots between Brett, the the song Gloria, Brett Hull. <laughs> And the South Philly Bar. Carson Wentz, new contract. Your thoughts. Next on the Andy, pig. Andy Baggett is next. Don't <laughs> fool anybody. He's coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Gloria! Gloria! I think I got your number! Gloria! done in 18 uh, you know you kind of realize wow I was just that close um, to accomplishing something that hasn't been done in over 100 and what, 110 years yeah. and and that's um, that's special um, you know unfortunately I wasn't able to get it done but I mean I don't think anybody in the world uh, played as good as Gary did this weekend so um, it was cool to see and you know happy for him that would be 29 year old Brooks Kepka talking about a near an almost Three Pete at the U.S. Open. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now from UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett. Good morning, Andy. Morning, guys. You all right? Yeah, we're all right. For perspective, sometimes it's lost because golf is not the most highly visible sport always. Uh, but with Kepka being so close to winning the U.S. Open three times, how how do we program that? How do we process something like that happening and how close he really was? 
Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I'm not a golf expert by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, again, the, the whole idea of when you're when you're a in that business, when you're an athlete, when you're trying to, uh, when your job is to win tournaments, when your job is to do what you, uh, what you do best, uh, consistency is, is the biggest challenge. And when you could find consistency, especially in the majors, especially, uh, it, when, uh, the casual golf fans are really putting in and watching what's going on and you're doing it in a place like, like Pebble Beach, uh, that's what you want. And, and I've, you know, finishing second is, uh, I, I'm sure that Kepka would love to, uh, would love to have won the tournament, but the whole idea of just being there and having an opportunity to win it and forcing another, another golfer, another, another athlete to, uh, to play their best and, and to, to do what, uh, to, to beat you fair and square. I think that that's all you can ask of yourself. For both of you, when you when you've covered teams over the years, whether it's uh, Badger teams or other teams that have won a championship one year and then come back and try to defend or win the title again, what have you found either the most interesting, uh, the mo- the best approach that teams have taken? Because I think back to you know Mike Krzyzewski told some of his Duke teams, "You're not defending anything. This is a new team and a new season. You're trying to just win a title this year." I mean, I can think of back to you know there was Badger hockey teams that nearly won three titles in a three year span with two different coaches back in eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. What's been the most interesting or best approach you've found? Well, the, the chemistry, from my perspective, and Andy can speak to it. The chemistry changes just yeah. in a. In a as far as the personnel is a little bit different, uh, and the continuity of that group. One group has succeeded at a very high level, but the next group's got to go out and prove itself. How would you look at it, Andy? That's uh, very astute, Luke. You know, there's, uh, it, is, it is about chemistry. I think that's the number one thing. You cannot, re- you cannot replicate chemistry from year to year. That, that is, that's a given. And, and no matter how veteran a team you are, uh, you have got to figure out a way to to address a change in roles. Everybody's role changes a year later. Uh, there are new faces and there are new people that uh, you have to act, you have to fold into the group and and get them to to play their roles. Um, those are those are huge challenges. And and ultimately, I think if there's a consistent vein of the biggest challenge facing a, a defending champion is is trying to get everybody to to accept their roles because they're going to change for the for the veterans and they're going to be new for the for the guys that are coming in for the first time. Not enough thought was given to what you were just saying uh when the national pundits were saying Wisconsin could win a national championship in football last year coming off a very impressive performance against Miami in the Orange Bowl uh with and with most of its weapons intact on offense not giving enough uh, paying enough attention to all the losses on defense and, and the fact that the chemistry would be different, and we saw the results a year ago. Well, and and there's the other aspect of it. No matter how good the freshmen are, no matter how good their resumes look, there is a there is a uh, a process of adaptation that you that uh, can can take a week, it can take a month, it could take a, a couple of years for some guys. Everybody's different, and and when you're plugging guys in. Who are playing perhaps because of injury? Guys who are uh, doing things that, that that they weren't doing the previous year, even though they may talk about uh, knowing what their job is and knowing what their role is, actually doing it and living up to it and and being accountable to it, uh, those are different things. Andy, you just wrote a story for UWBadgers.com on some of the uh, young hockey prospects who will be arriving 
this season for Tony Granado and how they may rank in the draft. This, by all by all accounts, is going to be a special class. Why don't you elaborate? Well, you have the potential for two guys, uh, Cole Caulfield, who's from Stevens Point, and Alex Turcott, uh, two kids who played a year ago at the National De- Developmental Program who could go in the top five. They're, you, you read the draft analysis, and, and those two guys are creating a ton of buzz about how good they are and how uh, dynamic they are. And to have two of those guys, multiple guys like that in your draft class, um, if you're if you're not if you're a fan of Wisconsin hockey and you're not thinking about getting tickets, you might want to do that now because this is setting up to be one of the most entertaining teams that I can think of in in, in quite a while. It's it's got uh, a lot of youth, but it's got a foundation of veterans uh, who are ready to bring that youth in and and uh, compete for a national championship to get Wisconsin back in the national championship discussion. Are you saying you think that's sooner than later? Because you always wonder now with where college hockey's at one how long guys are going to stay around before they go pro and two how quickly they can develop that chemistry and mesh new young talent with older veteran guys who've been around two or three years well what really really helps is that alex turcott and and cole caulfield played with one another the last two years they know each other inside and out they are that chemistry uh they're unique players Uh, unique is probably an overused word but what what they're both very driven players. They both know what they want, and they both know that uh, coming to Wisconsin is an opportunity to continue uh, a, uh, a relationship that they had at the developmental program where they cultivated a lot of chemistry. They played together. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and they're 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 just such dynamic players that uh, uh, they a lot of people are going to be expecting them to come in and play at a very high level at, at the outset, and, and there's no reason to think that that won't be the case. All right, before we cut you loose, by far the two most important questions you'll get today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And maybe for the rest of the week. Number one, do you remember where you were on June 17, 1994, when O.J. and Al Collings were leaving, were leading the police on a slow white Bronco chase in Los Angeles? We were in camping in uh, uh, Wildcat Mountain State Park, so we had very little access to, to the news bulletin Good going on. You were lucky. You were more lucky than most. And secondly, uh, this is National Stewart's Root Beer Day. Of the many popular root beers available, A&W, Barks, Dad's, Sprecher's, Stewart's, what's your favorite? Well, it's unfair because I've not sampled all of them, but I think A&W kicks everybody's rear end and it kind of, when it comes to root beer. Wow, good for you. Thanks. Thanks for being a good sport. We'll talk again on Wednesday. Thank you, Andy. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Andy Baggett! UWBadgers.com. Uh, when should we give away those tickets? we got a four-pack of Summerfest tickets. We'll do that maybe the last segment. How about after Brewers? We're talking yeah, after Brewers. Yeah. After Do it Brewers. after Brewers? Yeah. Or else we're going to forget, let's be yeah, honest. We're going to forget. We leave All it to right. the end of the show. we got too much stuff there. All right, so that'll be our lead-in to Ben Larson, who will talk Brewers, and then we'll give away tickets, Summerfest tickets, 
at the end of that segment? Is that how we're going to do it? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Sounds good to me. All of that coming up on Lucas in the Morning. And that one is hammered. Jesus Aguilar, welcome back. A booming home run for the big man. And the Brewers get the run right back quickly. Number five for Aguilar. B.A. on the call, the return, at least for one pitch, of Jesus Aguilar. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now, Ben Larson, who is responsible for Locked on Brewers, a podcast that you can hear where, Ben, and when, Ben, and why, Ben. Go ahead, answer all of those. Why? Because Brewers, hello. Hello. Uh, where? Got it. <laughs> where any of the – can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry. All right. So the why is because we all love the Brewers, right? The where is uh, on any major podcast platform, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya. I'm probably missing one or two, but go check it out and uh, just look up Lockdown Brewers. Subscribe and uh, love the show. It's about 20 to 30 minutes every day. Did you have another question about uh, – did I cover all that? Yeah, that's good enough. That's good. <laughs> I, do have a, okay. I do have a question for you. you think Aguilar will still be a Brewer at the end of the season? Ooh, I – I'm going to say yes, although I am totally I'm, – I'm 51-49 on that because I don't know what – I know what kind of hitter Travis Shaw is because he proved it for two years, right? I don't really know what kind of hitter Jesus is because he had the blistering hot first half last year, but we know that's not really him. And then he's been ice cold since, and I don't think that's really him, but we'll see. And the Brewers really want him to be around because he's under club control for three years, and that would be great if they could plug him in, but – you know he's got to have uh, he got to hit more fastball like he did yesterday. He can't miss a, a meat pitch, and he's been missing meat pitches. He didn't yesterday, so it's a good sign. Mike thinks that uh, because Yelich put the ball through the hole in that wall yesterday, they should give him the stadium in San Francisco, the ballpark. Seems fair. Uh, what's a fair penalty in this case? And isn't that just another sign that every stadium needs a roof? That's for Mike Keller. I'm asking that question. Uh, yeah, I don't know about San Francisco. I don't think I'd put a roof on that one. But uh, I'll say this. Uh, that little little saber metrics for you guys. That ball that was hit by Yelich left the bat at 117 miles per hour. It's the fastest uh, bat speed or exit velocity by a brewer in the saber metrics era since they have measured it. Ooh. That's how fast the thing was going. All That's right, so why it left a hole in the wall. Ben, wow. So <laughs> you have to give us something that we can compare it to. This is the tough part of analytics. You can yeah, analytics. Yeah, you, know, well, you, you can say those numbers to me, but what does it mean to? All right, it sounds fast, but it's how, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just give me something. I to, do well. I would say you know, like the the uh, 430 foot home run. When you see that, uh, those are oftentimes leaving the bat at about 106 to 108 miles per hour. So that's the only thing I could compare it to. 117 is the highest I had ever heard of when I saw that yesterday. And so, bat speed is everything in baseball, correct? It's 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 everything. It's the same yeah, in golf. I mean, I would. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, right. If you can if you can generate that kind of power, that kind of speed with your bat, uh, that's when when they talk about power and strength. I think that's what they're talking about. So, yeah, that's how I would I would picture that. And I'm no analytics genius. I'm just trying to start to sort of learn about it. Well, you can but play one on this uh, show. You can play an analytics genius on this show. That's all right. No one will challenge you. Okay. Well, I don't want to 
overstate it and then have the analytics genius just fry me on Twitter, you know. No, not a problem. <laughs> I want to get back to Aggie for a minute, though. I, it, it just seems like there are limited reasons why, if he's not hitting, the Brewers should even think about keeping him on the roster because he can't play anything other than first base. So right. now, now that hurts your bench. At least Thames can play the outfield. I mean, I understand they don't want to give up on the guy. They don't want him coming back to haunt him because they don't have any chance of farming him out. But, I I mean, it, there would seem to be at some point of diminishing return if he's not getting the job done that you've got to expand your your bench, uh, maybe eliminate one of the pitchers you have on your roster, um, and give you more flexibility. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm – I'm pushing no, I the think, panic button. I think yeah. that's 100% right. I mean, you're hearing, you know, I think when you start to hear uh, Brian Anderson and, and, and Billy on the broadcast talk about, hey, the time is running out, you know, they're not just saying that because they, they, it's their opinion. I think they're, you know, there's something behind that. I, I, they don't normally do that to, to players on the Brewers. And I think, you know, I really think Jesus has until the All-Star break, probably the trade deadline at max to, to really come around and show consistently. That's why, you know, look, he hit the home run. He's going to get some more opportunities uh, against left-handed pitching this week. It, it's a big week for him. I mean, it, it's really down to the wire here, Lukey, because you're right. It, it, he has zero flexibility. And look at that Brewers roster. What does everybody have on the roster right now? Pretty much versatility, right? They can play multiple positions, and that's how they want to build their club. And so I, he does not fit that mold. And so I completely agree with you. I that's why I'm 51-49 as to whether or not he'll be on the roster. I just think they love the club control for three years, but beyond that, he's got to he's got to show it, and he's got to do it now. Even though the Brewers are in first place a game ahead of the Cubs, we're always talking about what's wrong or looking down the road and what they need to fix or add to the roster. What do they do with fast Freddie Peralta? What 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 is he destined for? And does he have enough stuff to to be a starter? Because you hear more and more about well, he's kind of a two pitch guy, and as a starter, that's kind of tough. Yeah, Rob, I agree. I mean, I think he could be a bullpen guy at some point. I think, though, that they still want him to try to be a starter because you can see when he is on how good he can be. And in my opinion, I look at it and say, well, to me, it was. I thought after the last start, I was all about AAA for, for Freddie and send him down and get him to work on a second pitch. He just has to. He has to get that curveball going, maybe a slider. He's got to figure that out. Uh, and, and maybe the bullpen is a spot to do it. I just don't think right now he should be anywhere near the rotation unless, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I, it just, it's, too, it's too iffy for a club that is competing for the Cubs for first place. You can't just throw away games when he blows up. All right, so the Brewers are now 20-33 and 33 on Father's Day, 33-20 and 20 on Mother's Day. Your thoughts? <laughs> what the heck? They love their mothers they more than their, their fathers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Isn't that strange? They love pink more than blue. Yeah, yeah just it so is. weird. It, anomaly, right? I mean, what are you going to – you can't – sabermetrics cannot explain that one. Oh, I get <laughs> I'll, it. I'll go out on one. I can't explain yeah. either how the Giants can be so hapless right now. I mean, because we're just accustomed, so accustomed to seeing San Francisco be one of the contenders, and they pretty much stink. They're 30 and 39, 16 – they're 16 and a half games behind the Dodgers. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it says a lot about the Dodgers, too, though, because 30 and 39 isn't the worst record in the world. I, but, you know, I think they can't hit. I mean, that's the big thing. I, I know their pitching's not uh, out of this world, but up until this past series with the Brewers, anyway, they couldn't hit. And then Friday and Saturday, they could hit. And yeah. So that's frustrating. It happens. Favorite <laughs> favorite root beer? Sprecher. Uh, oh, off the board. Yeah, that just went out of yeah, the bottle? business in Madison, yeah. too. 
they, they have oh. a, they have the great backyard. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're not in Madison there uh, anymore. That, I mean, it's a Milwaukee. Oh. It's a Milwaukee. Well, way to bring it down. I mean, way to depress <laughs> us now. There you go, Ben. Don't come to Madison looking for a sprecher. No, I just <laughs> just filling in the blank on that. Favorite root beers out of business, there Ben. You go. Thanks a lot, Ben. No, they still have yeah, it, but you can't good. go to that restaurant on the west side, oh, far yeah. west side of Never town. Mind. They're still in business. Ben is a root beer curse. There we go. We got it. That's the headline. Why would you take Spreckers Moving over? Bark. <laughs> Why would you take Spreckers and or Barks over A and W? Because you've had Spreckers, um, really, really good. Well, no, give me any reason. Is it really that much better than A and W? I love the bottle. Yes, there's another one. Yeah, it's more like uh, more. I don't know, fine wine versus your two dollar wine. There's nothing wrong with the wine when you need it, but the bottle plays into effect with the root beer. I would think if you've got like an old school bottle, yeah, you probably enjoy it a little bit more than a plastic bottle. You don't even need the frosty mug. You can just put the bottle in the freezer for a little bit and chill it right there. All right, where can we find you again, Ben? Where? Uh, Apple, Google. Stitcher, Himalaya, any podcast platform, any major podcast platform, just search Lockdown Brewers, subscribe, and of course, enjoy. Thanks, Ben. We'll talk again next Monday. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ben. Ben Larson. All right. So, you want to go to Summerfest? We're going to make it a lot easier for you. Make it a lot easier for you because we're going to give away a four-pack of Summerfest tickets. A four-pack. Is that correct, John? We've got a four-pack of Summerfest tickets to give away. You are correct, Luke. All right. So, our phone number is one 877 729-1070. Caller number seven will win a four-pack to Summerfest. Doesn't get any better than that. We'll come back with more right after this on Lucas in the Morning. Anthony Davis does go from New Orleans to L.A., you know, they paid a price, and they're going to be certainly limited roster-wise with those draft picks. Um, They lose, uh, you know, the core, uh, you know, that, you know, very good young core there, but this is the deal L.A. had to make, make and and they paid a steep price for it. This is a monster haul for the New Orleans Pelicans to get Two starters, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, an outstanding young player, and Josh Hart, and three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick in Thursday's draft. Wojbaum. How do you pronounce his name, John? Wojnarowski. From ESPN, delivers the big news, the big trade, the blockbuster deal in the NBA over the weekend. Welcome back, Lucas, in the morning. Vogel, Adios. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, three first-round picks to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Now the Lakers need a point guard. Here's a list of candidates, according to USA Today. The top of the list, you have Kyrie Irving. Oh, no, it's not Friday, John. It's not Friday. Friday, John. To top of the list, you have Kemba Walker. On the list, brace yourself, Malcolm Brogdon. Restricted free agent. Restricted free agent, so Milwaukee would have the right to match any offer and retain him. But according to Jeff Zillett of USA Today, keep in mind, he says, the Bucks have financial decisions to make over the next few seasons. So if the Lakers are interested, would the Bucks match? Yes or no? I guess and could the, the Bucks yeah. afford to I, lose I, Malcolm I, Brogdon? I think you got to match Brogdon. Yeah. Right? Brogdon's as, long as, big... as long as there's not some salary cap thing we can't. 
We're not capologists right, 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 and can't right. figure out how the money all works and what you're going to have to re-sign Chris Middleton for. And well, all that, that but definitely got my attention when I saw his name on the list. Did you say list, John? No, There's a list. Friday, Is there Friday. a list out there? It's not Friday. No, it's not. It's not. not. That's not but Friday. yeah, I mean, Middleton and Brogdon are one and one A on your pecking order, aren't they, for bringing those guys back? Yeah, I so think you, you want Middleton. But what I think is amazing is how – remember when the Warriors won that first game in the NBA Finals and you thought, oh, here come the Warriors and maybe Kevin Durant will be back for the series. You kind of felt they were going to win a title and depending on what happened in free agency, they probably would be the favorites again. But then fast forward X amount of days later and now – both their two stars are injured, and the Lakers have Anthony Davis. And it seems like all of a sudden the Lakers, the well, West the Lakers is, is, have skyrocketed yeah. as far as Vegas is concerned. Seems like they're at the top now. Milwaukee's in a good holding pattern. The Bucks are right there, dependent on what happens with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Kawhi Leonard. I suppose in both cases, Kyrie Irving, where he winds up, is he going to stay in the East, correct, or? What's Kawhi going to do? Is Kawhi Leonard going to go to the West? Yeah, I think Kawhi that affects is the, the Bucks. The bigger one for for sure. The, I just saw that the Lakers were now three to one odds about uh, winning the NBA title to win the, the yeah, NBA title because, or the West. Uh, the title. Okay. The Bucks had slid down a little bit, but just at the end of last week, before the trade was made, ESPN.com had the of, of course always right when the season ends the way too early power rankings for next year. Number one on the pecking order, even though with all their offseason questions about who are you going to re-sign, who are you going to bring back, the Milwaukee Bucks were number one. Title odds wow. were six to one. It still had the Raptors at number two, though the biggest thing obviously is still. So what's going to happen with Leonard? Kawhi and Philadelphia number three. So the biggest thing too, besides the fact that the Bucks were number one, the top three teams could all be Eastern Conference teams. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about all the dominance in the Western Conference. Well, Power could shift, especially if Kawhi would stay. Well, what happened? What, what ha- I brought up Kyrie Irving only because he's leaving the Boston Celtics, so the Celtics are a much different group. Are they better? Or, they might be better. Are they better? They might be I a mean, better team now that no. Kyrie's Well, going. we heard that, too. At, at, didn't we hear that, too, when Kevin Durant wasn't playing with Golden State? Well, they may be better without Kevin Durant. That was a pipe dream. Well, what's their plan B? Because it was talked that the Celtics were going to go after Anthony Davis. And yeah, but they da- could have the best package. But his agent said no. Forget about it. Right. So his dad now, said no. Forget about but it. But if they're not going to be able to trade for Anthony Davis, and if Kyrie leaves, I mean, how much? A lot of things are going to be them? happening. Great speculation this week because mm-hmm. the draft is on Thursday night. Uh, Badgers missed out on the Hauser brothers, but they have gained a couple of brothers named Davis, Jonathan Davis, Jordan Davis, Lacrosse Central. Have verbally committed to the Badgers for 2020. Uh, Kobe King is from that area of the world. Yes, are these going to be the Ross team? These, that starting lineup right. out there. Are these going to be those guys that we talk about that they would not have gotten to Wisconsin if not for the Hauser brothers? Don't know that. Don't know that. Uh, what we'll do is we'll save that question for Jeff Patrikas. who will join us tomorrow at 7:45. Jeff wrote the story in today's Market Journal Sentinel, and I'm sure he'll give us all the details. How's that, John? Is that fair? That's a tease. That's a serious Uh, tease. Let's give credit to somebody who called in, caller number seven, who will win a four-pack of tickets to Summerfest. Who might that be? Uh, That guy had a name. He has a name? What is it? Terry. This Terry? Good. Congratulations, Terry. Uh, Keep in mind, we'll be giving away tickets throughout this week, four-pack of tickets to Summerfest, every day this week. So stay tuned. Coming up next, last call, Lucas in the Morning. Didn't go to press. Blasted! What a goal for the U.S. Carly Lloyd 
a record goal. Carly Lloyd, a goal scorer. Welcome back, Lucas, to the morning last call. A plate golf clap followed the goal because they're all they're all pissed off at critics like Mike Heller for their celebration and that route of Thailand. You know, you know what that means to me that they had golf claps and handshakes yesterday that they actually didn't get it the first time. Right. No, I, they didn't you are right. The you are right, sir. They missed the the point. Yeah, missed the, the point, point of, of it all. That's okay. Three just just go win. Three just go win, and all that'll get forgotten. Final score over Chile, not Chile, Chile, and so that sets up Sweden versus Team USA on Thursday, with almost an entirely different lineup. By the way, they, they played was, everybody. Seven changes. Yeah, a lot of different changes. Uh, do we have time for tweet of the day? Nice no. Oh, no. we yeah. have time. Where you just don't we'll have any interest. We'll quickly get to the audio because I know Mike's got a new follower on Twitter now. And a new follow for Which him. Which Mike? Orenthal Heller, or Heller. Yeah, I know you're not doing Orenthal James Simpson yeah, apparently that. is on Twitter. Here's what OJ had to say in his first tweet. Hey, Twitter world. You know, for years, people have been able to say whatever they want to say about me with no accountability. But now I get to challenge a lot of that BS and set the record straight. More importantly, I'll be able to talk about everything, especially sports, fantasy, football, and even politics. But for now, let me just say to my fellow fathers out there, happy Father's Day. God bless. Oh. <laughs> How creepy is that? And so he's responding creepy. to every one oh of the goofballs that's tweeting at him about stuff. You remember where you were? 94? Oh, sure. yeah, during the slow white Bronco chase? Yeah, is that today? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was working TV in Memphis, Tennessee, covering it during crazy, the NBA crazy finals. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. Heller's up next. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.